Welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time and tuning in to our program here at Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. If you should have any questions about today's program or maybe a, a question from uh, the past or something you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. And I do want to thank you for all your great questions. Um, your uplifting comments just mean and encouragements mean so much to me. And uh, because of your questions and comments, I look forward to, you know, to continuing this. It's seven years since we started our program, and it has been such a blessing in my life. And so I'm hoping as we go and continue in the next years ahead that we'll just continue to learn and grow together. And we'll look at these intimate pieces of the gospel that I feel God has laid on my heart to share with you in more detail. Now, remember, when we're, we're doing this, the, this program is not to be the end all in, in the particular subject matter of whether it's a biblical scripture, a biblical subject, or something that we're talking about that relates to our faith and believe in Jesus Christ. Remember, this is, this is just the beginning. This is to whet your appetite. And so hopefully after the program, you might continue to read deeper into the scriptures that we may share. If there's a particular scripture that we're honing in on or some subject connected to a particular Bible verse, that you might take that further on your own. Because again, the real teacher here isn't Dan Brown. The real teacher is the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus told the apostles that as he was ascending, he would be going into heaven, that he would be sending them the comforter who would do what? Teach them all things. And so it's important that we realize that we need to continue to develop this relationship with our God and our Savior more intimately all the time. Surrendering our will so that God can accomplish his purpose through us. And his purpose is always for our betterment and benefit. Remember that. God's purpose is to make us the best us that we can be. And that is so important. And so in learning and understanding this, yes, through Jesus Christ, that is the Savior of the world. He gave his life for humanity for God so loved the world that he be gave his only begotten son that whosoever or shall ever or so ever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life that's the promise to us as faithful and I hope today if this is your first time listening that what what we talk about today what I might share may may seem a little intimate may seem a little deep but it's really not you take some time and process it in prayer asking God to open up whatever it is that we're discussing open it up to in your heart because what we really are is we want to be vessels and receptacles of God's of the Holy Spirit himself that's what we want to be and when we are able to do that, surrendering our will to God, then we become and have flowing out of us these fountains of living waters, as the scriptures 
describes so that we might refresh others. We don't hold it all in. We don't make it all about ourselves. We don't take this and hide it and bury it uh, like Midas, uh, hiding the gold pieces and counting them over and over. What God is giving us is for sharing with the world, for sharing with everyone. He says no one takes a candle and, and hides it under a bushel or hides it under a bed. Take your light, hold it up for everyone to see. And so that's my encouragement for you today as, as we move forward here on Saturday morning with Dan Brown. Our program today is entitled, Is There Good in Temptation? It's kind of a question because uh, the word temptation has come to mean something bad to most of us today. But there's a, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and it says this, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. See, I think that, I think that scripture needs a little further and deeper reading. Let's read that in a little more modern translation in the message by uh, Mr. Peterson. It's put in uh, a lot more modern English language in, in its translation. And it says this, no test or temptation that comes your way to indulge ourselves, to spurn God, to plunge into doubt or despair, lust or anger, to give us our own feelings and let them draw conclusions about our worth based on what other people say about us and what we say about ourselves. Oof, oof. That's what, that, that's what that's meaning there. Let me, let me read that scripture to you again. No temptation or test that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. Again, this is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. This is so critical for us. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Now, he's talking to the faithful that have given over our will to him. That's who he's talking to here. So if you're new and you're wondering, you know, what do I need to do? You need to surrender to Christ. Surrender your will to his. He says there is a burden to bear. There is a load. But the yoke is very, very light. So, again, what he's describing here, he's he's calling temptation, saying it's the pressure to take our own way. Temptation is a pressure to take our own way. It's a pressure to indulge ourselves. We use the temptations as an excuse to spurn God. See, we're pushing God away. We're using temptation to plunge ourselves into debt, to doubt, to despair, to lust or anger. We're using temptation to give it our own feelings and let them draw conclusions about our worth or on what other people say about us or what we say about ourselves. Think about this. Temptation is ever present around us. So that's where we started off this this morning. Is temptation good, bad? It was, temptation is not sinning. And sometimes temptation can be pressure from others. The insistence that we go along with others because they're doing it. Oh, how many times have you fell into that trap? Sometimes temptation is a pressure from ourselves. 
Temptation can be a lazy desire for something pleasurable, something pleasurable that goes against the best that we know. Hmm. We give into that. We know it's bad. We think it's going to feel good. We're going to take that moment of whatever it is we think, but it is overwhelmingly attractive at that moment. See, these moments that are being described in temptation are the moments we fall to our knees. These moments of temptation, the temptation is not the sin. The sin is when we give in and complete what we've been tempted with. That's, the, that's what we have to understand. So sometimes it can be an energetic attack to temptation, right? Feelings that assault us so heavily. Telling us there is no God. Temptation, there is no God. That small whisper from wickedness. There is no morality. So I should just go on with what I'm doing. There is no goodness. Mm. And that if we're going to get anywhere in this world, see, there's the caveat. We're going to have to do it with meaningless or violence, or cunning, or lies. See, there's where temptation takes us. That is the road when we give in to temptation. But God says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that when you surrender to him and we give ourselves and our will over to his, that he is going to help us go through it. You see that the word again, the word temptation has become to mean something bad to us today. But the word of temptation is not actually a sin. We tend to use it the wrong way because, again, temptation itself is not sin. It's something we're bound to face simply by virtue of being human beings. Not to be tempted would mean that we're already so shameful that we would be beneath contempt. That's not who we are. Yet many of us suffer from temptation that we should never have to suffer by. Simply, here's why we suffer through it. Simply because we've refused to allow God to lift us to a higher level where we could face the temptations of another kind. Hmm. Wow. Think about that. Process that when you're thinking about it. Immediately we say, oh, temptation, that's a sin. No, the temptation itself is not a sin. When we give in and we succumb to the sin and we do lower ourselves to these bottom-feeding expectations of lust and greed and, and such god-awful, hateful things that we do, then we have become and get mired in that sin. So I want to encourage you, when you feel temptation coming on, that's when we reach out to our Heavenly Father who says, knock on the door and I will open it unto you. Seek and you shall find, ask and it shall be given unto you. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. 
So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to our second segment of today's program. Is there good in temptation? It's a question. Is there good in temptation? And again, as I, we shared in the first segment, that temptation has uh, come to mean something bad to us today. And the, the actual temptation, it says that even Jesus was tempted. It means something was presented to him uh, in a way that if he had succumbed to it, yes, he would have sinned. Um, but Jesus, uh, being the perfect son of God, uh, always uh, referred everything to the Father, always back and always back, and understood that he trusted in his flesh, again, on this earth, as he came in that form for the salvation of mankind, um, he was tempted. And you know, there's a scripture there that talks about even though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And in those sufferings and in those temptations, there was education. It's kind of hard to imagine that Jesus would have needed any education. But remember, Jesus had become something, leaving the heavenly realm at God's side to be a divine in human form, possessing both divine wisdom divine power. It says that during those temptations that Jesus could have called at any time, even while he was hanging on the cross, could have called for myriads of angels to come down so that he wouldn't be hurt. So that whatever this was, what was being brought upon him with this wickedness, this suffering, it would cease upon only his word. And even when the devil tempted him on that high mountain, throw yourself down because the devil knew that the angels would come and protect him from actually getting hurt. But Jesus refrained and always gave glory to his father over and over and over. Never seeking glory for himself. He talked about having glory with God in the heavens before. But now he was in a different form for a different purpose. And so the human part of our Savior suffered in fasting, experiencing hunger, experiencing thirst and heat, and being presented with multiple temptations. And yet through it all, he remained faithful to his Father as an example to us that when we rely on the Father, God says, I will be there for you. Place yourself in my hands. 
Now, so often we we start we start getting we start getting worried. We let worry swell over us like being washed away from breaking waves on a beach. We're just knocked down left and right because we try to do what? We try to stand on our own by the forces of nature around us that we cannot. But with the presence of God and the Holy Spirit indwelling in us as God seeks to do with his people, with his bride, with his church, God's hand is unstoppable. And so when we are presented with predicaments and trials and tribulations, when we rely on our Savior, the promise is that he will rescue us. It doesn't mean we won't experience things because it even said about Jesus, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. It's an amazing, incredible scriptures to read these things, to look deeper into the insight of what God is trying to share with us. And so as we talk about temptation, right? I was saying to you earlier, um, Many of us suffer from temptations we should never have to suffer. We put ourselves needlessly through things simply because we refuse to have God, to allow God to lift us to a higher level. That, that's, that's the fault. It does lie in our choice. Remember, there are choices. And the choice is not by human strength, but it is by human thought, a choice. I know I can't get through this. Much as Moses stood upon the sea, the Israelites behind him, fleeing in fear, hearing Pharaoh and his armies coming to retake them back into slavery, or worse, to kill them right where they're standing on the edge of that sea. But it wasn't by Moses' strength that those seas parted to allow God's people to walk across on dry land but it was by the strength of God and the faith of Moses that God would deliver. See, faith is our element in this. That's what we provide to God that says, yes, we trust you. Yes, Lord, I have faith. Faith is the knowledge or the belief of what is unseen. And that is so critical in our walk of faith. Now, a person's inner nature, you know, what he possesses in the inner spiritual part of his being. And we have a spiritual part. It talks about us that there's two natures, the nature of the flesh and the nature of the spirit that battle within us. Our flesh cries out for all kinds of fleshly desires and our spirit as much as we want. It says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So God is telling you, he's giving you a hint. Your spirit wants you to do this. But when you try with your own fleshly strengths, you fail. And you fail because you miss the point of what I'm telling you to do. Full reliance on your Savior. Full reliance on God to deliver on his promises. That if you ask me, I'm going to give it to you. And the caveat is that you ask in faith that you have submitted your will to God's. You have let him be 
the lead in your life and said, Lord, much like Mary did when the angel said, you're, you're going to be with child. You're going to be with child. Yes, I know that you're a virgin. I know that you haven't had relationship with Joseph, your husband, but you are going to have a son and his name will be Emmanuel. It's incredible what God has done. And so Mary was able to move forward because she had faith. Because she said, Lord, do with me as you will. Each of us should be raising our hand right now while we're sitting here listening to the program, raising your hand and in your heart. Say it out loud if you want. God, do with me as you will. Accomplish your good purpose. And when we do that, when we bow down to God's grace and authority, his righteous compassion, amazing things happen in our lives. But we tend to compartmentalize and box God up to Sundays, right? Wednesday night Bible studies. Anybody familiar with that? But the rest of the week while we're with our coworkers and our jobs, where's God then? Who are we showing our walk? Because remember, it's not only in what we say, we can endlessly say these things, that we're this, we're that, we're this. But if our behavior and our actions suggest something else, we've robbed the gospel from the people we're trying to actually share it with. So make sure your walk matches your words. But temptation fits the true nature of the person being tempted. And it reveals the possibilities of his nature. And think about this. Every person actually determines or sets his level of his own temptation because temptation will come to him in accordance with the level of his controlling his inner nature. How do we control our inner nature? We give it over to God. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How do we conquer the flesh? If we could conquer the flesh on our own, what would have been the purpose of Jesus' sacrifice? We wouldn't have needed it, but we do need it. And God set those things in, in motion purposeful for many, 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 many reasons. All just absolutely wonderful, righteous, righteous, graceful, and compassion reasons because God is grooming and teaching and edu educating us. God chastises. He teaches through lessons every son and daughter that he loves. It's so important that we understand that. Remember, we determine the level of our own temptations. We do by either submitting to God or halfway going or partially going. And I tell you, partially there is not anywhere. I'm sorry. In the book of Revelation, God writes to the, uh, uh, writes to the seven churches. Christ uh, gives the visions and the words to John on the island of Patmos as he's imprisoned. And he says, John, write this to the seven churches. Some are good things. Some are complimentary. And some are not so complimentary. And they're written for our benefit so that every, in there is something that we're all doing. We're all culpable for some part of what he says. But he says, 
I'd rather you be hot or cold, or I spit you out of my mouth if you're lukewarm. God doesn't want a fence sitter. He can do more with you when you're against him than he can if you're just, eh. Of course, if you're for him and serving him, that's a whole different story. We're going to take a short break while you get a moment to ponder that. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned, please. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. I'm Karen McHugh. Deadly tornadoes claim more lives in the central U.S. Friday. At least four were killed in Illinois and Arkansas, where this woman and her fiancé were caught while driving outside of Little Rock. We just couldn't believe it was there. We could see it coming at us, and there was nothing we could do. I mean, it was was upon us before we, we knew what was going on. At least two more deaths were reported in Indiana's Sullivan County. Being indicted hasn't hurt the Trump campaign's coffers. His campaign says in just 24 hours after the news broke, it raised more than $4 million towards his presidential run. It noted more than 25% of the donations came from first-time Trump contributors, that people from all 50 states kicked in money, and that the average donation was $34. Fox's Carmen Roberts. America is listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Wind advisory in effect till 2 tomorrow morning could be locally damaging. Otherwise, showers, heavy thunderstorms, and then a mix of clouds and sun this afternoon with a mild high of 72. Showers, thunderstorms possible tonight, even an isolated tornado, the low 40. Mostly sunny, calmer, windy, and cooler tomorrow, the high 57. I'm AccuWeather's Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, welcome to this fine Saturday morning. We hope you all are having a great day. And again, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for sending me all these wonderful, encouraging emails. You guys are incredible. I thank you for listening week after week. I thank you for your questions. And also, I I, uh, didn't mention in the first two segments, but if you email me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com and give me your name and your address, I will send you a free Bible. It's a modern translation, and uh, and there's no obligation. There's no, uh, I'm not trying to solicit a donation uh, from you uh, for our Saturday morning program, um, but I want you to wear out the pages. That's the only thing that I would ask that you do. Take the time and read God's word, because there is amazing, incredible understanding that comes in seeing God's love letter to humanity. And we often look at the Bible as just such a challenge. I hear so many people say, oh, it's just a a bunch of stuff about man's endless failures. The actuality of it is, it is a book about God's righteous love for humanity and the purposes. We often wonder, why is there purpose in suffering? Why, why do these things happen? These answers are there if you choose to see it. 
So often we gloss through it. We only see these, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Oh, the Bible's just a, another dirty book like a soap opera with this doing this and this person doing that. You're only seeing what you want to see. Take off the blinders and pray to your Father in heaven for the Holy Spirit to give you clear eyes to see the message that is there. And those that are blinded by the God of this world that continue to try to see answers into the scriptures, they never will because they're not seeking for the right purpose. They seek to circumvent as mankind has always done. We seek to stick our chest out to God and say, God, we don't need you. We were there doing just fine, God. Look at us. You know, we've solved poverty. Oh, wait a minute. No, we haven't. Well, we, we stopped all wars. We got peace. Oh, wait a minute. No, we haven't. Uh, we take care of our children. Oh, wait a minute. No, we don't. We send our young ones off to be killed in endless wars. No, we don't. And every, every country, every kingdom, every dictator is guilty of all these things. But yet, as ages go through, the next leader comes up, the next one steps forward. He's the answer to all your things. But yet they aren't because the same thing go on. Because the wickedness of man is deep in his heart. He seeks to have power over other people. He seeks to possess people and the riches of the earth. For vain glory, for no purpose. But God... He seeks the heart of men. He seeks the best for mankind. And so when we commit ourselves and submit ourselves to the God of creation, these words that God has kept in front of us for thousands of years light up off the pages. But without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to discern what God is sharing. You're only going to see between the lines, not the real lines. And it's sad. It really is sad because we need to focus on God. We need to give everything over to our God, to our creator, and to his heavenly and holy purpose. And when we do that, we can become what we need to be. And today's program is on temptation, the fighting of the temptation. Here were three segments. We're still talking about temptation because it's a big one, because we've had misunderstandings and misgivings about temptation. You know, as soon as we, we feel that we're tempted, we give up and give in because, well, I might as well give into it because I got tempted, so I might as well do the sin. I might as well break down. I might as well look at the porn. I might as well get high. I might as well get drunk. I might as well just run around endlessly, you know, and, and do all these crazy things. That's not what we are. That's not who we are to be. God views every one of us as priceless. Everyone. From the man or the woman that's homeless on the street to the one who sits in the chair of the White House, or dare I say the Kremlin, or dare I say France or England or every other country, Germany, all the African nations, Canada, Mexico, Central America, South America, all that encompasses the entire world. The earth is the Lord's 
and the fullness thereof. We draw these imaginary lines and we say, this is mine. This is mine. You can't cross that line. It's not ours. And that mentality has what has created so much friction. That mentality has what created all these things in the name of some freedom. I can't say that certain nations don't have different levels of freedom. And there are other nations and beliefs in political systems that do keep men captive physically in certain other ways. But as long as we sin, as long as our leaders are still steeped in sin, we are going nowhere. We're not. We're going around in a circle. You just think about the leaders that you have uh, placed your trust in over the decades that we've been alive. What's changed? Do we think that we can litigate and legislate bigotry and prejudice and hatred by making laws? Those are things so deep down in men's wicked hearts. No law is going to change that. God changes that. That's important to remember. So when we talk about temptation, and temptation can come to me and you suggesting a possible shortcut to the realization of maybe my highest goal or aspiration. Ooh, you know, I'm dreaming about being this. I'm dreaming about that. So the temptation is to maybe step on a coworker. Or, man, I like my neighbor's wife. And you start dwelling and you start thinking and you you pass temptation, brother. You are temptation. And I'm sorry, I'm not just including the brothers. Sisters are there, too. Men and women, we experience the same temptations back and forth. But when it crosses your mind, when that thought begins to develop, that's the moment you reach to your holy heavenly father and say, Lord, my flesh is weak and my spirit is willing. Please give me the strength. Circumvent this thought from my heart so that I don't carry through. Because that temptation does not direct me towards something good, but it takes me towards something evil. It leads us in a direction that's not appropriate or the best for that. And I will tell you, temptation is something that confuses all of us. And it can for a while. And honestly, I don't know whether something is right or wrong sometimes. That's why you take it to prayer. I mean, we walk these gray areas so many times, don't we? Well, you know, I justify this in my job on stepping on the neck of my co-worker so that I can be elevated. Well, he really wasn't doing his job anyway. You know, you'll start to justify this bad behavior. That's not really how you want to get your raise. That's not really how you want to get a higher position or have whoever it is that's in charge see you in a different light. It is by your work. It is by your behavior. It is by your honesty, your forthrightness. And that you are true to your word. That is how you want to do. And so what happens it is that when we yield to temptation, 
I have made lust a God to me. And the temptation itself becomes proof that it was my only, it was really only fear that prevented me from falling into a sin earlier. Mmm, think about that. You give in to that lust. That becomes your God. It becomes what you worship. And when the trail becomes too long and too deep and you go too far and that little bit of darkness starts to spread in your heart. You know, there's a scripture that asked, how great is that darkness within you? You need the light, brother. And darkness shies away from God's light. So that's what you reach for. That's what you pray for. Cry out loud, Lord, I need you, Father. Lift me from this pit of temptation. Lead me in a path of righteousness. Guide my footsteps and light my path. That's what you want. Think about that. Temptation is not something we can escape. The reality, in fact, is it's essential almost all the time to a well-rounded life of a person. You go, what? How can, oh my goodness. See, the problem is, as we begin to think, you have to beware of thinking that you are tempted as nobody else. Nobody else knows what I'm going through. When you go through, what do we go through? And what we experience is the common inheritance of the human race. Not something that no one has ever been endured before, no. God doesn't save us from temptations. He sustains us in the midst of them. Ooh, you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. 21. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to our fourth segment of this fine Saturday morning. And again, thank you for tuning in and listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. It is my pleasure to bring this program to you week after week. It is encouraging, it's uplifting, and it's an education for me as well because it's the Holy Spirit who's teaching us. When we have submitted our will, when we have surrendered to our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit begins to intervene on our behalf and make these things very clear and the learning clear. And so we start to reach and ask God for the uh, for the strength that we do not have within our flesh. Again, I remind you of that scripture that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we understand that as we enter into this relationship, as our Savior Jesus Christ has stood in our place, taking the sins and the burdens and the stripes upon himself. And through those stripes that he bore, those beatings, you and I are healed. So thank you again for joining Saturday Morning with Dan Brown as we continue with their pro our program about temptation. 
last segment of the day. Boy, it really goes and flies when you enjoy what you're doing. Um, I do, en- I do enjoy sharing it with you, and it's, it is my pleasure and my honor. And as I said, uh, I learn along the way as you do, allowing God's Holy Spirit to dwell in me, to lift me out of that place of temptation to a place of his strength, not my own. That's the thing. We so often, we believe that we're asking God for strength, but so often we wander off the path and we're trying to accomplish these very same thing that God says is, tells us you can't do this on your own. You are not capable. And when we push God aside to temp- attempt to do it ourselves, um, it's not a good thing because it's been proven time and time and time again that this is the purpose of God, is to be one in our life. Jesus' prayer to his Father, while he was still on this earth, he prayed the prayer to God, Lord, Father, Holy Lord, Heavenly Father, let them be one. That's, that's the apostles, that's you and me, that's everyone who will come to faith. Let them be one as you and I are one. And I know at this moment, if you're a new believer, you cannot understand the entire, oh my goodness, you, you just can't take in the entire meaning of what that is. This is so big, but you can begin to process and digest so that as you move from your early learnings to deeper teachings, those things of what God is sharing will come into clear vision. And that's important for us to understand. And so as we continue with our program today of temptation in our final segment of of today, I want you to understand that temptation, again, is not something that we can escape. It's essential to a well-rounded life. It is the testing and the temptation because we got to drop that thought that somehow the word temptation, it's, it's become synonymous as something bad that when you're being tempted, you've already, you've already sinned. There is a difference. And somebody will remind us that, well, Jesus said, if you thought it, you've committed the sin. And that is a true statement. But you haven't come into the temptation so deeply that you have brought it to physical manifestation. He's just telling you how deep and how rooted that can begin. That as that thought process begins to overwhelm you, if it is not curved, if it is not given and surrendered over to your heavenly father, that eventually that sin will manifest it in a way that you may not be able to recover from. Hopefully, you're somebody who continues to give God uh, prayer, stay in prayer to him, uh, accept his good gifts, and there are many and they are plenty, and that you have surrendered your life so that there's a scripture that says, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he can still be restored. Not so with the wicked. Not so with the wicked. That's something for us to study. And so I want you to understand that what we go through is common. It's a common inheritance to the human race. And everybody that's human has endured it or will endure it. 
And God doesn't save us from the temptations because there is a learning. But remember, he sustains us in the midst of them. I want to share a scripture with you in Hebrews 2.18. This is something how God sustains us. And this is a great modern translation by a fellow named Peterson. That's his last name. And what he talks about, it says, it's obvious, of course, that he didn't go through all this trouble for angels, all that Jesus suffered. But it was for people like us, the children of Abraham. Lest us not forget, we are the children of Abraham. We are his seed by faith. Though we may not have a physical lineage, remember in the New Testament, we are grafted into the tree, that olive tree, the roots that are sustained by the patriarchs. And by the Israel of the flesh that began, although there was a failure as a nation, the Israel of old, that root continues. And there is a promise that a remnant of Israel will be restored and strangers will cling themselves to them. We have a promise that we become Israel because all blessings, all covenants are to Israel. Remember that. Study. Study. There's a scripture that says, study to show thyself approved. Search the scriptures with an open heart, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you in that study. But let me continue in that for you so we have a a clear understanding. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life in talking about the suffering of our Savior. He came for people like us. And we are the children of Abraham through faith. Never forget that. Then when he came before God as a high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. All the pain all the testing and would be able to help where help is needed. That's for you and I. Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. In those times of old in the Old Testament, when the priest came to forgive the sins of the people, do you believe that the sins of the people were sacrificed or or were cleansed by the slaughter of a lamb as, as God had commanded them to do repetitively over and over and over and over and over. Well, I tell you now, the lamb of God has been sacrificed. As John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. The Israel of old was given the, the foreshadowing, the examples of what, would bring the nation back together? What would heal the planet? What would heal all nations? Not man's rule, but Lord of Lord, King of Kings, the Prince of Peace would rule. And not from a heavenly throne on the physical Jerusalem, but on Jerusalem, which is above, which is the mother of us all. It's amazing. 
what God has done for us. But all those things that were given to people to remind them after generation, after generation, after generation, this is what is coming. He is coming, the Messiah, the Savior, born to a virgin out of Bethlehem. They will call him a Nazarene. Every Old Testament scripture is fulfilled by Jesus Christ. He came to his own, and they received him not. Those that were not faithful, those that were there for worldly piety, for pride, who could not see past their position, said, no, crucify him, give us a Barabbas, who was a murderer, a riot insider, an insurrectionist, and possibly a terrorist, at least to the Romans, for good or bad. But Jesus, the Lamb of God, remained silent. He was led to the slaughter. He was pierced for our transgressions. That is who we serve. That is the Lamb of God who shed his blood on our behalf. So he is a priest who does the true healing because he himself has experienced the pain. He has himself experienced the testing. And when he was raised from the grave and lifted into the heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father until all things are put under his feet. And that time is coming. That time is coming. I pray for God's coming, for God's kingdom. But I know that God is filled with patience and love for humanity. So I want to encourage you, please, please, please. He is here to help us where it is needed. Thank you for listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Tune in next week. God bless.